Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Harvard, your host, and with me is my special co-host, who's always special, Mr. Brandon Noway. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing really good, Mark. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. It's an exciting time for the Rays and Rays Up. This is a Rays Up edition of Baseball Biz, so we hope all you Rays fans are here. And if you're not a Rays fan, you'll still enjoy because there's plenty of great news about what's happening in baseball. You know, Brandon, I have to give this week two thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, it's been a really good week for the Rays. The weekend was really good, of course, beating up on the poor Orioles. I, I didn't watch much of that series. It sounds like you did, so I'll leave that to you. But then going into the week, the Red Sox, we knew that was going to probably be a big series. The Red Sox have been struggling since the All-Star break. I believe they're like 20 and 23 since that, and they've fallen back to the second wild card. And you never want to get them rolling because that could be dangerous. You kind of want as the least amount of teams rolling as you can going into the stretch run. And so far at the time of recording on Wednesday, the Rays have taken the first two and they're looking pretty good doing it. So right now, let's see. Do you have, let's see, the numbers. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking here at the AL East and the Rays are indeed 132 games. There's only 30 games left, Brandon. I mean. Right now, let's see what's our, our uh, winning percentage is uh, 636. The next team in the AL East behind us is the Yankees, eight games behind. The Red Sox, who we're having a lot of fun with right now, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're 10 games back, and the Blue Jays, 14 and a half, Oreos, 42 and a half, with a win loss average, a win average of 313. So it's tough, man. We've won uh, nine of our last ten, and the Yankees won six of their last four. It's it's kind of kind of sad for the rest of them, but it's still a doggone good, you know, division. You can't take anybody for granted with this. I mean, the Blue Jays are quite far back there for fourteen and a half games. I think they've still got possibilities for a wild card, but the Rays have just blown this thing open. Yeah, outside of Baltimore, this division is is really tough. And even the Blue Jays, like you were saying, even though they're in fourth place, 14 and a half back, you can't take playing against them for granted because they have such a good lineup. It's just, they just can't seem to get it together this year. The Red Sox, they were, they were really good throughout the whole year. They really had a stumbling block over the last month. The Yankees, when the Red Sox started going down, they started going up. And they had that big 13-game win streak. And you think that would be good, but the only problem is the team in front of them kept winning as well. (laughs) And they only cut the lead to six games, and now it's back up to eight games. It is indeed an exciting season. And you were talking about the Orioles overall and who they have. Uh, It was interesting watching game four, because I look at the talent, man, they do have. And I keep expecting more. I look at Cedric Mullins. He does so much great things out there in the outfield for the Orioles. And then he's, you know, he's hot at the bat. Trey Mancini, you know, he's he's a given. Uh, Mateo, he does, you know, pretty good job out there as well. Ryan Mountcastle, I, I I twitch every time I see him at bat when we're <laughs> one of our guys are pitching to him. He's so they've got some really great folks there. I I don't know if it's just, I think maybe it's more a problem of uh, defense and pitching than it is offense. I, I'm not sure, but it was interesting watching the fourth game of that series with the Orioles. And what was great about it? Well, a bunch of things, actually. First, let's start about who was pitching that game. That was Mr. Chris Archer 
back in the game. And, you know, Chris, he pitched four innings. They got four hits off of him and uh, two earned runs. He had six strikeouts zones in four innings. So that was, that kind of, you know, looked okay. Same game, Sharkwalk came in, uh, Sharkwalk came in and did one inning, had two hits. And Josh Fleming, I've got some points of concern about Josh, and evidently the Rays do too. They've moved him down. In that game, he pitched 1.1 innings, had five hits, four earned runs, one walk, and one strikeout. Mm. Not great, Bob. No, no. Uh, uh, Armstrong came after him, 1.2 innings. Also, not great, but uh, not <laughs> not what Josh had. Uh, Colin McHugh came in and wrapped it all up. But I think what was really interesting to me during that game, as far as pitching goes, is what happened on the Orioles' side. Uh, they started out with Spencer Watkins, who can be a good pitcher, but he had five, out of five innings, he had seven hits, six earned runs, one walk, but he had four strikeouts. But what happened after that was uh, <laughs> after Watkins, Lopez came in, and he pitched an inning, he had one hit on him, nothing there, but they brought in this other guy, Brandon. The guy is like, why in the world is he even in MLB at this pro level? Uh, he needs a lot of help. He needs a good pitching coach because Paul Fry came in after Lopez. He pitched 0.1 innings, one-third of an inning. Okay. Uh, what did he achieve during that third of an inning? Two hits, four earned runs, two walks. <laughs> uh, go ahead. That's a pretty impressive outing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of outing that gets you moved down to the minors real quick. Uh, so that was, you know, there was it was very kind of it was sad to see, man. You know, I love watching the Orioles play, and of course, you always want to win. But I, I really hate to see any player have that much difficulty on the mound. So it was a tough time for him. But okay, I'm talk pitchy, but let's get to the the fun stuff on that. You know, the fun stuff on that game was. Who's on third? No, it's Joey Wendell. Joey, Joey, who's a fantastic utility player. Anywhere you put him out there in the field, did even more fantastic stuff that day from the home plate. I mean, Joey came and had three, what, uh, four bats, and he made some action on three of those. Let's see, what did he do? What did he do? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a single. Then he had a home run. And after that home run, I think Meadows had a home run. And then Joey had a second home run. Oh, don't forget, that was a grand slam. <laughs> wow. Oh, and here's a fun thing, Brandon. Joey had, uh, I don't know if he's up from around there or not, but from up there, but uh, he had he had family up in the stands too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good thing to have your family out there and then you have a performance like that. It was outstanding. I mean, and I, I thought that one was kind of fun too. Him and uh, him and Meadows having back to back home runs. And I think they both hit them about the same place up there in Camden Yards, just short of Utah Street. And during that game, you know, Mister Wander Franco, who we'll talk about more, he achieved his 29th straight uh, game of getting on base. So that was kind of interesting. But after that, you know, we're saying, okay, well, well it's time to come back home. And who are we going to face? One of our division nemesis. I should say another one of our division nemesis. And that is the Boston Red Sox, who overall this year 
surprised us from what I think a lot of people thought would happen at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean, we've said it, it seems like we say it at least a couple times a month. We didn't think the Red Sox would be this good. We were looking at the division standings or projected standings before the year, and they had the Red Sox with a better chance of winning the division than the Rays did. And we were a little curious about that, and that seemed like it was a pretty on the hit the nail on the head prediction for most of the way through, but that's kind of fallen apart a little bit recently. And the Rays have since pulled away with the division lead and the Red Sox just seem to continue to fall back. And of course it doesn't help now that they're having COVID problems with it's now up to six guys on the COVID IL and Xander Bogarts found out in the middle of the game last night that he did test positive. And I don't know the ins and outs of the, their testing policy, but I mean, I would like to think they could get that in before, before he goes into the clubhouse and out there onto the field, talking with all these guys and coming in, not like face-to-face contact. I don't believe he did that, but you're still on the same field running the bases. You could, that's still pretty close. Yeah. You know, I, I had to wonder, I mean, when, cause early on, let's see, Bogarts, I think got on first and uh, Yandy Diaz had to be in certain close proximity to him, but uh, I, I don't get this. I mean, you know, I, I've I've seen the testing for COVID, and they have that rapid response. I don't know if the if that's what they're using or not in MLB, but you know, within a half hour, forty five minutes, you know whether or not you tested positive for COVID, and it seems like they'd give a little bit more time than that to the players before they take the field. I noticed in yesterday's game that uh, they didn't even have a lineup available right away, probably because they were still doing the testing and see what came back. But uh, going to that uh, first game with the Red Sox, that was just plain nuts, wasn't it? It was. It was a really an all-around good game for the Rays. They ended up taking that one 6-1. to one. Wander Franco, he extended his on-base streak to 30 games. and He had a two-run single, even though he was thrown out at second. That does extend his on-base streak. And Luis Patino, arguably his best outing of the year. You can say last week against the Red Sox was his best. And let's see how long he went. I have it right here. Yeah, he went five and two-thirds, gave up five hits and one run. And that's pretty good. I mean... For a 21-year-old, this is really his first year in the majors. He, I believe, he did priorly pitch with the Padres, even though it wasn't like he wasn't like a constant starter like he is here. And I've been impressed with him lately. It was earlier we were saying, you know, maybe it's consistency he needs to work on. He's really gotten gotten good these past couple outings, so I like what I've seen from him and McClanahan as well. So. They both seem to iron out their consistency. Yarborough has as well, and I'll get to him here in just a minute. So good stuff coming from the pitching staff. Offensively, Kiermaier had a really good night. Zanino did as well. Austin Meadows, he had his 92nd RBI of the year. That put him. That was in the third. And he could be the first guy to hit 100 RBI since Evan Longoria did, which I believe was back in 2009. Wow. So there is that. And it's really been a quiet year for Meadows. He doesn't seem to be getting the credit that you think somebody on track for 100 RBIs would be getting. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know, because overall, it seems like he, 
I'm not seeing where I was looking for home runs. And all. I'm looking for the medals we got when we first traded Archer. And I'm not seeing that same medals. But what I am seeing is he's getting the guys in. And that's that's huge. I'm, I'm looking forward to more of that. And I'd love to see a few more of those home runs like we did when uh, following up medals on the Orioles game. But he's looking good. You know, you were talking about uh, the pitching. We had the double F. You know, you've been double F'd. Oh. Fire Rising and Fairbanks. <laughs> it was great to see both those guys and, and, and Pete Fairbanks come back, too. Yeah, Fairbanks, He's he was one of our better pitchers out of the bullpen last year, and we were expecting him to do that as well this year, but injuries have been the story for the Rays a lot this year, even though they keep winning. Everybody seems to be taking their turn on the I.L. merry-go-round, it seems, and he has a fast pass, it seems, because he's on there quite a bit. Well, you know, it is interesting because it didn't slow him down. And I'm looking here. Let's see. On Monday at the, at the game, Pete threw one inning. And how many hits? Zero. How many earned runs? Zero. How many walks? Zero. How many strikeouts? One inning. Three strikeouts. Pete Fairbanks is in the house. Yeah, he, he's doing really good. It's just the question of staying healthy with him. That's the yeah. only thing. and. If he can do that in the playoffs, I think the, that'll help bolster the bullpen. I'm gaining a little bit more confidence in the starters, you know, with what we're seeing from Patino, uh, McClanahan, and Yarbo seeming to get his act together a little bit. Archer and Waka, that's, I still have some question marks about that, but I'm starting to gain a little bit more confidence in the, the rotation as a whole. Well, that's good news. I mean, we've got a deep, 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 deep group of people. And, you know, you, you can look at the Durham Bulls and what's happening out there. Uh, we, we got a lot of guys that we need to pick up from. We could get some good fellas. Uh, I'm looking, let's see, what was it? I'm trying to think of who. Oh, one piece of sad news about a former Ray who is with the Boston Red Sox, and that's Hunter Renfro. He, he lost his father last week. And... He did come back, I think, uh, not in, let's see, not in the Monday game, but I think the Tuesday game. And he was dedicating everything he's doing for the rest of the season, I believe, to his father. But, uh, the, you know, it's it's interesting to see. I, I'll say one more thing about the game from uh, Monday. You know, looking at Bobby Dalbeck, he's somebody who, I, you know, continues to emerge for me. I, I keep looking at Raphael Devers, but uh, also keeping a close eye on Bobby Dalbuck to see how he's doing. Yeah, and with that, I can make the transition, transition, can't seem to speak English, to Tuesday's game, if you would like. Please do. Yeah, so the Rays took that one as well by a score of 8-5. to five. Red Sox made it a little bit interesting there in the bottom of the ninth, but Kitchers was able to shut him down as the tying run was at the plate. And he came in and said... Okay, that's enough of that. And he closed it out to secure the win for the Rays. Offensively, another great night. Rosarena had a homer. Franco had a single. That was a two-run RBI. Cruz, he scored as well. Meadows, RBI. Mejia hit a sack fly as well. So a really good night offensively. Pitching-wise, Yarbrough, I was talking about him. He went six innings, gave up two earned runs on five hits with three strikeouts. And he went six innings, and he only threw 78 pitches. That's That kind of piqued my curiosity a little bit, because 
I, I know they're, they're probably saving him, but I hope if he's having an outing like that in the postseason and he's only thrown roughly roughly 80 pitches at the end of six, I would like to think they'd let him go out there for the seventh. I can't remember which inning it was, but between he, I think he and the um, Red Sox pitcher, both pitched, it, it may have not been the same inning, but they, they both pitched like six Six pitches. It's like, what? Yeah, no, that, that comes from some good fielding, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, when you're looking, like I said, at, uh, at Ryan Yarbrough, I, I've always been a little concerned about him, but you know, he did okay. I mean, it's five runs. Not crazy about that. No, five you know, hits. Oh, five. Ooh, thank you. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. Five <laughs> hits, two earned runs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the three strikeouts, it's it's healthy. Yeah, really good outing, and I misspoke earlier. Franco only had one RBI. Yandy Diaz had the two RBIs, so I misspoke uh, there. And well, you know, go ahead. Oh, no, you can go ahead. Well, you know, I was interested in seeing this one guy come up now, and that's uh, Mr. Enns. And I'll be quite honest with you, I don't have enough information or history on him to say much. But, uh, you know, he he's... <laughs> In that game, what did he do? He pitched one in a third innings and had two runs on him. So two walks. But he had two strikeouts, too. <laughs> kind of a mixed message. And like you said, Kittredge came in there and he closed it down. Kittredge is Mr. You know, it's over. Once he takes the mound, it is over. Yeah, he's he seems to be that like lights out closer role this year for the Rays. I mean, we thought it would be Castillo this year. That's not doesn't look like that's going to happen, I believe. Nick Anderson as well. He was possibly going to be a candidate to have a bounce back closer year. I don't know if that's going to happen either. I haven't seen anything on him on a return date or coming back. But Kittreds has really slid into that role well. As I mean, he shut them down. He only threw nine pitches to get them out, to get two outs into the ninth. So that was really good. And ends, that, that's a lot left to be desired. I really would prefer my eighth inning guy to maybe have the outing that Armstrong did where he went the whole seventh inning or had one hit, but he also had a walk. I would like a little bit more shutdown there, but he didn't give up a run. So a little bit inconsistent there, but I mean, I can't really complain. It's, they got the job done. Wasn't the prettiest. No, I agree with you. It's, it's Armstrong. I, I have hope for more too. I've seen him in other games where I thought he did better. But it was great to see him. You know, let's see. I was looking at a note here. What else? Mm. Which game was it? Was it this game where Cruz actually slid into uh, <laughs> slid into home? Um, I believe it was the first game. Okay. Was it the same play as where uh, Wander got thrown out at second? Exactly. Yeah, that was exactly. the first game. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have said something about that because that was an exciting play. I mean. It's like you were, I think you said something about this earlier. Zanino got on, and then Cruz got on. Cruz got a double, <laughs> and then to see Wander do what Wander does, uh, got, uh, get on base with a hit. Oh gosh! But then, like I said last night, you know, last night was just amazing. And um, let's see, kind of started out. Like I said, I was curious, and hopefully the uh, Boston Red Sox can field a team on you know tonight because I'm a little concerned about COVID. Have you seen anything about how many other players may be impacted? Um, 
the last I saw was about an hour ago, and it's still the 6, everything. I haven't seen anything pop up as of today. We'll probably find out more here in a couple hours closer to game time. But tonight's going to be a pretty big matchup with Sale being on the mound. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's pitched really well since his return. And he kind of looks like that Gavin Weir kid that you saw in the Little League World <laughs> Series. I heard you talking about him the other day a little bit. Yeah. He's something else. You know, look, look to the future, my friend. <laughs> you know, and, and jumping back a little bit, talk looking to the future. Uh, Luis Patino, I, I, I'm excited about this young man. I mean, you see him go out there and take the mound. He has a confidence uh, that they completely just exudes all throughout him. <laughs> I was listening to let's see a few things Brandon Lau had to say about him the other day. Here, let's go ahead and take a listen. Yeah, he's freaking twenty or twenty-one or whatever it is. It's insane to think about. Uh, just like the composure, everything that he has working up there at the mound. You know, it's it's electric stuff, but you know, stuff doesn't ensure success you know it's all the work and stuff that he puts in and uh you know everything that he does when he's not started gets him into that position and you know we love seeing it and hopefully it continues uh, it's, it's insane and uh then i go back and think about what i was doing when i was 21 and sure as heck wasn't shut people on the big leagues well there it is you talk about respect from a great player uh, and i mean lao has certainly proved himself now, granted, he wasn't a pitcher, but he he definitely understands, you know, what that young man is doing. Hey, my gosh, Brandon, you talk about youth being on a major league field, and I, I like like Lyle. Unfortunately, I don't know if he's twenty or twenty one, but geez, my knees, Patino, the the maturity, the confidence that he brings to that mound is just astounding to me, and you know, it. I look forward to more and more of him. To me, while we have a great team now, I think we're going to continue to have a great team for years to come. Yeah, I think we really can because looking at what we have this year and what can possibly be coming up into the farm system, hopefully this extends into a longer run and hopefully we can keep a a, a good majority of these guys around for years to come as well. I mean, that'll be tough if they perform up to expectations, but hey, we got to enjoy them while we have them and hopefully we can get the best results possible out of them. Absolutely. I mean, and you've seen the young people we've been bringing up and, and sent down because we just don't have room for you at the moment. And <laughs> whether, yeah, I mean, whether it be Tyler Walls or uh, Vidal Bruhan, you know, we've, we've got great talent. We got great talent at the trop now, but we have a lot more. Uh, one quick tip of the hat too, to Willie Adamas and Avi Garcia. They seem to be doing a great job with the brewers right now. And uh, what, like I said earlier, I was sad to see uh, Adamus leave, but we've got that spot taken care of, and and he's ex- he's excelling. He may actually be the MVP for the Brewers this year. Yeah, I think he would. He would easily name him the MVP of the Brewers, even though he is on the IO right now. What he's done ever since he got there has been fantastic, and I mean he couldn't do that here, obviously, because apparently the lights were affecting his vision and hey, i mean you gotta see the ball when you're hitting at the plate and if, it helps yeah that does help just a little bit and i guess he, he's in the better situation now where he can pick up the ball better and we're getting to see him reach his full potential and it's nice because we're not looking back at it like oh what could have been 
We'll let him go. He's out in Milwaukee thriving. And now we've got a young kid who's only 20, and he's thriving. And he's he's doing stuff that we haven't seen in years. Yeah. I mean, looking just at this month, it's basically been, as the Rays go, he goes. Because the Rays are, what, 20 and 3? Something like that, or they've only lost about three games and th- through the entire month of August, something like that. I think it may have been a couple more than that, but yeah, that's it. Was they're outstanding? And let's see, take a quick peek. Let's see, I got one, two, three, four, five, six. Got seven. Looking from August first to looking from August first to August thirty first. I think we've had uh, hmm, what is that? Six losses. Yeah, six losses. Two of them to the Twins, two to the Mariners, and one to the White Sox. So amazing, amazing. Yeah, I'd like to have that kind of average for an entire year if I was a team, any team. <laughs> look, what they've only had the six losses throughout the month of August. And looking at Franco, but looking at him in the month of August, he's played in 25 games. And in 99 at-bats, he's had 31 hits, which is about a 310 average, roughly 313. Scored 26 runs, 8 doubles, wow. 3 homers, 19 RBIs, and 9 walks, and only 8 strikeouts. So a really good outing, or a really good month. And the thing that makes me happy is not all of his RBIs are coming off of the homer. He's coming, getting them off of doubles, triples, singles, sack flies, all that stuff. <laughs> He's out there, man. And... He's another one who just exudes confidence. And what he's achieving with that, let's see. So he's he's closing in on Mantle's record now. What, he got uh, 31 games with on base, right? I believe it's up to 32 now after last night's game. Well, I hope that continues on. I'm looking. I'm excited about that. And uh, as long as we're looking at records, I think Meadows is moving up there on the RBIs. He's, you know, moving, seeing how he's coming along. And I think you said that a moment ago. Yo, you know, I was looking at uh, run deferentials between teams, kind of looking at records all around the place here. And let's see. Uh, right now, looking across both leagues, the Dodgers' run deferential is 212 runs. Houston, 173. This is for the year, folks. Rays, 171. Giants, 141. White Sox, 141. And then since we were talking about Adamus, I might as well say it. The next one's Milwaukee with 125. And Toronto with 116. So, a lot of good stuff going on there. Mm. A lot to be happy about going into this last month. Yeah, yeah. I I can't uh, be happy enough. But, you know, you're talking about going into the last month. And I'm saying, well, what's ahead of us? Because we said we got 132 games under our belt. We got 30 more. Where, where are they? Who are we going to be playing? Is it going to be a soft schedule? I can tell you from a lot of different interviews I've heard from the players, they don't want a soft schedule. They want to be toughened up for a postseason. They're ready for this. And it's it's a mixed schedule. They've got the Twins at home after the, the uh, Red Sox. And since we've gotten beaten by them a couple of times, that'll be good. Uh, that's this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Then after that, we get on the road for nine games. We go, uh, let's see, we do three with the Red Sox again. All right. Then face Detroit for three games. And A.J. Hinch has them doing better than I thought he would this year, so I don't know. That could be a fun uh, series to watch. Blue Jays. 
<laughs> well, you know, <laughs> Vlad Jr., it's always uh, interesting to see what he can do. I mean, the rest of the teams have been, you know, they're there. They're they're uh, fourth, <laughs> fourth in AL East, and, you know, still have quite a bit to climb up to get to back to the wild card, I believe. Then we come back home. We split uh, four games again with Detroit, the Blue Jays, three more games at home. Then our cross-state rival, the Marlins. Yeah, come on. It's not a rivalry. <laughs> we do three <laughs> games with them. It's more like your friends. Hey, how you doing, guys? <laughs> Good to see you again. And let's see, the Astros. We yeah, the we end the year out, the regular season, with six games away, three with the Astros and three with the stinking Yankees. Ooh. Could be an exciting yeah. end to the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think I said on the other show earlier this week that that Yankees got busted after 13 wins, and it was the Oakland A's who did it. And I think the A's had had that same streak uh, earlier in the year. So that was interesting. Well, Brandon, I'll say it again, man. This has been an exciting year. Uh, record after record, it seems like the team is breaking you know, uh, as far as the number of wins that we're at right now, it's just been outstanding. Uh, you know, Brandon Lau, what he's got over his, he's got 31 home runs this season. We talked about how Wander Franco is, is doing well with going ahead and with 32 straight games and closing in on Mantle before you know it. I think Mantle's got 39. Uh, you just exciting things seeing Joey Wendell with two home runs, one of them being a grand slam. It uh, it's it's been an exciting week, and I'm looking forward to an exciting future all the way through the postseason and the World Series. Yeah, the Fall Classic. Yeah, hopefully they can get all the way to the World Series again this year. And I mean, expectations were high going into the year, and so far they're exceeding those as they're on track to win over 100 games. And I believe they just had to play maybe a game or two over 500 and they'll have a hundred wins on the season. Well, Brandon, I think we kind of covered what we can for this week with the race. And we want to thank all of our listeners here at baseball biz. And we're giving you two thumbs up to all our fans. Okay. <laughs> That's two thumbs up. <laughs> and want to thank you all for joining us here. Uh, who knows where you found us was, whether it was on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Stitcher. Oh gosh. Oh, Spotify. And Buzzsprout, we're there, we're everywhere. We're also on Twitter. You can find Mr. Brandon at SportsBlitzPod. There you go, on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me at the Baseball Biz on Twitter. Uh, as always, we had a great time with you guys, a special raise-up edition of Baseball Biz. And uh, look forward to talking to you all again real soon. Special thanks to Scott Holmes for the music, Stomps and Claps.